This is Agents Influence Podcast. From a carrier standpoint, it's really sometimes important for agents to put themselves in the position of the carrier, that we're trying to do what's best for you. Again, we don't sell direct. We're agency owned. You know, we started because we wanted to help the customer and we wanted to help the agent. Sometimes it's great to get that information from you guys. Tell us, what do you need? What would help? A direct line to an underwriter? Let's set that up. A pay-per-app bonus program? Let's talk about that. We want those ideas. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Agents Influence Conversations with Jason Cass. And today I have somebody on here, a chief legal something. He does a lot for the state of Florida. Um, well, actually, for an insurance company that is inside the state of Florida. He's going to tell us all about who he is. Um, here in a minute, but I do want to thank everybody out there. Just let you know real quick, if you don't know about us, be sure to check this out. Something that's growing right now, insuranceagencyintelligence.com. It's our mastermind. If you go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com, you click in the top right, you're going to see up there mastermind. Um, and you, I show you everybody that's in the mastermind. You probably know of a lot of stuff. There's a lot of free gr- groups out there, but this one's not free. But we charge $99 a month to keep the idiots out. So if you want to go where the idiots are not, go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com, click on Mastermind, fill it up. There's no contract, no nothing. You can just pay as you want to go, um, and we'd love to have you. Uh, Once again, you do have to be approved as well. You have to go through the gates and the channels to make sure that you're going to fit into that community. I appreciate you there. Hope to see you at Mastermind. Stacy, appreciate you, sir. Um, Thank you very much. And uh, this is Stacy Gialanti or Gulianti. Yep. Either way, two different ways. He told me, loyal listeners. So I didn't bu- bust <laughs> it. I didn't butcher it out there. He told me I can do it two different ways. Right. And go ahead and give him your title again, so I don't mess it up, Stacy. Uh, I am the co-founder and chief legal officer for Florida Peninsula Insurance Company, uh, as well as our subsidiary Edison Insurance Company here in the great state of Florida. Okay, so loyal listeners, setting this up before we get into the questions, um, Stacy actually reached out to me, one of his firms did, and said, hey, here's some stuff. And I started reading these statistics, and it blew my socks off because I normally don't say yes to these PR things that they, they reach out, but I did you because I took those statistics, Stacy, and then I went and um, made a little post on, on, on LinkedIn, and dude, that thing shot to the beeping moon comments and all kinds of stuff because people were like oh i don't even believe this information this isn't right you know of course everything's a goddamn conspiracy theory today and so finally we go to the doi we found like five articles that that all basically said exactly those stats you probably took them from there and and we put it out there and then it shut people up and it made people actually start having a conversation that we got to do something about that florida market and so we're going to talk about that okay stacy we're ready. We're ready to roll. Before we do, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I'm an iPhone user. What's the last app you downloaded? I have not downloaded an app in a long time. 
because uh, I'm like old school and whatever I have, I have. Uh, but let me take a look. I actually downloaded the Calm app. Calm, Ooh. like it calms you down. Yeah, we have a, I guess our company has some kind of discount with Calm. And, um, you know, it, it, it's supposed to relax you. But I don't know about you, my friend, but, you know, we're here helping run a $500 million company. There's no, nothing, no, no app's going to relax me, my friend. And one of and one of your fiercest perils is hurricane, and they're not very calm. So you need as much as you need there, Stacy. Stacy, next question: right. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I really love to win. Um, there's a part of me, maybe the eighty twenty rule, right? Twenty percent doesn't like to lose, but I'm actually a gracious loser. You know, I, I to me, if somebody beats me, whether it's in business, whether it's on the tennis court, and I'm terrible. Um, you know, to me, it's I just say well played, and I, mm -hmm. I respect those people that beat me. So Man. there's a little bit of me that hates to lose, but more of it is that I like to win. Uh, I like to create winning for people that are partners with me in other businesses. I like to create winning for our customers. Mm -hmm. So winning is something that can be shared. It's not a zero-sum game. That's right. It isn't. I love that. I love that. Two things we believe got you to where you are today, Stacy, sitting in that chair, head of a $500 million um, company, or I should say head, being the one of the co-founders of it. We believe it's either luck or skill. Which would you say has been a bigger factor in your life that got you right there? That's a great question. I would say that it's probably 50-50, and here's why I say that. Come on. For you to under, for people to underestimate the skill, and when I say skill, it's not necessarily that I'm smarter than anybody because I'm not. I think the skill is your motivation and your dedication to working hard. It's mm -hmm. getting up, right? Who said, uh, you know, it, it's Woody Allen or Ben Franklin? You know, it's 99% uh, inspiration, 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. That's you right. gotta show up. So for me, the skill is getting out of bed and working. But let's not pretend that we don't have luck. The reason that I was able to start this company is that I met a guy who was an agent who had the idea at a cocktail party. Um, wow. And by that time, I'd only had one cocktail, so I was able to get into this idea, you know, a little later in the evening, I wouldn't have. And so <laughs> the luck of being sure. there and meeting somebody, you can't, you can't deny there is luck involved in this. But mm -hmm. even with that luck, you got to get up and you got to do the work. Got to find, you got to get in the damn room, right? That's what you're 100%. saying, Stacy. I love that stuff. Stacy, take us back. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Redondo Beach, California. Okay, take us to where you are now. How'd you get there? Well, um, I drove my car to my office and, oh, wait, you mean how did I get yeah. here? Wah, wah, wah. Listen, these are dad jokes. I don't know about you, but I'm a dad, and so I, I've got to gotta tell dad totally jokes. Totally allowed. Totally allowed. All right. I love, that's why I'm loving the podcast. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because I got here basically as an attorney. Um, I went to college and Boston University in communications. I wanted to be a broadcaster. I wanted to be a film director. And then I realized that, that both of those jobs really mean delivering pizzas uh, until you actually get a job. And I didn't want to do that. There's just, I like to win. I hate to lose. And I didn't want to do that. So make a long story short, I went to law school, University of Miami, Hurricanes, and uh, because I knew I wanted to work in Florida and going to a Florida school really helps you uh, get into the legal field when you are living in Florida because of all the contacts that you make at law school and interning in the whole nine yards. So I started off by getting out of law school and basically being a policyholder lawyer. So for I've been a lawyer for 30 years. For the first 12 or 13, I represented policyholders against insurance companies. 
So negotiations, appraisals, arbitrations, lawsuits, whatever it took. So if you had, um, I don't know, it could be anything, a home, and they didn't want to cover it, or a vehicle, and they said, you know, that particular incident wasn't covered, you were using it for business and not personal. If the facts lined up, I represented the policyholder. So I did that for over a dozen years, and at the point where I met my one of my current partners, uh, Clint Strauch, who was an Allstate agent at the time, old-fashioned booth agent, he had an idea to start a property insurance company. We can go into that in a little while. I don't want to go through all the details now, but we had a, a conversation and we met some other people and he said, let's, if we can find some money, cause I'm a lawyer, a normal policyholder lawyer, you're an agent, we're doing well, but we don't have, you know, $20 million to, to roll into an insurance company at that point. Uh, let's meet some other people, which we did. And in 2005, we launched Florida Peninsula Insurance Company, a Florida based property carrier. And in 2010, I believe, we purchased Edison Insurance Company that was going through some issues. And so we bought them and recapitalized it and uh, launched that as part of our family of companies. So you guys have decided that you're not getting out of the Florida market like everybody else is? We've actually grown. I think our company in terms of policy premium. That's good. We, That's we, good. I love it. Can, can, I don't, that wasn't canned applause. I want people to know if they're not seeing a video, if they're only listening, that you actually were clapping, you and a bunch of people, because we I'm, that, I'm that good. That's um, why you got to watch YouTube. I swear to you. We, um, we've grown probably 30% in premium over the last couple of years. I mean, right. we went from the last time I checked, we were 300 and change million dollar annual revenue. And like I said, right now in, in 2022, uh, we're already at 525 million in annual revenue. We'll probably- Why are you to able to, why are you able to make it when all these others are having such a hard time, Stacy? Part of it is because they're having a tough time, that people are going out of business, they're going into receivership, and we're taking over those policies. So that's number one. Number two is that we didn't go up and down with rates. We were very conservative. When we needed to raise our rates, we raised our rates. A lot of companies, you know, you'll, you'll see, an, they'll get an indication from their actuaries that they should raise their rates 20% and they'll raise their rates 5% because they want to be competitive. I get being competitive, but where does that extra 15% go? It doesn't right. just magically appear. If your costs are going up, say for, you know, making a hamburger, the meat and the buns, you can't charge less than it costs you to sell that, to make that hamburger. And so a lot of companies were doing that. We never did that. So I think gotcha. that's really the big reason we were able to take over those policies and grow keep the prices level. Yeah, I think so. And so, I mean, one of the problems that we have with this whole damn thing happens to be with what's happening with the uh, with the Florida market over there and the absolute just horrific statistics that you threw out. One of them was, to all my loyal listeners out there, just to let you know, um, uh, Florida accounted for 8 .8, 8 8% of the homeowner's insurance claims filed in the United States, but accounts for 76% of the lawsuits filed against insurance providers. I mean, how in the hell do you keep making money when you've got that kind of a situation going on? And why is Florida not grabbing hold of this and fixing this? Well, the, the reason that, that, again, we're able to do it is because we make sure that we charge enough. We don't want to charge too much. We want to be competitive. We want to offer a great product at a great price. But unfortunately, if you don't 
charge enough for your product, you're going to go out of business. And we've seen, I think, nine companies in the last couple of years in Florida go out of business uh, or go into receivership or get swallowed up by somebody else. What does receivership mean, Stacey? Uh, basically, receivership means that the state takes you over and uh, helps you run off. You can't sell any new policies. And then in Florida, we have what's called FIGA, the Florida Insurance Guarantee Association. And so when the company actually does go out of business, through that receivership, they pay the claims. The state of Florida, the taxpayers, will mm -hmm. pay the claims that the insurance company can't. So it's like um, a trustee takes over, mm -hmm. and they run it because they assume that the management didn't know what the heck they were doing or made some very bad decisions, and that's why it's going out. So the government takes over and kind of you know slowly puts it out of its misery. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him, I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's virtualintell.com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel, cast certified. Uh, and takes care of the policyholders. Okay, so not only are you having these large um, uh, hurricanes and other things, but then you have these lawsuits that are going wild. I mean, I mean, I know you guys are trying to do some reform there, but what, what, it, why are, why is there so many lawsuits in Florida versus the rest of America? I don't here's, know. Neither do my listeners. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Here's why. And the reason is because in Florida, the uh, there is an attorney's fees provision. Meaning, and it only goes one way, basically. And they've made some tweaks to it, but ultimately it's the same. And that is, if I don't pay you, let's say you want your roof to be replaced. Mm -hmm. But I have experts that say it should only be repaired, okay? $3,000 worth of repair, you want a $75,000 replacement, okay? Now, reasonable people can differ. But what happens is, you, get, you go out and get an attorney, Let's assume that I don't give you the full 75, but you know you convince a jury or, or you, we settle the case and you get 30,000. So you get more than what I thought it was worth for a repair, but you don't get the full 75,000. As long as you get a little bit more than what I've offered, you get your attorney's fees. So your attorney will get fees paid by us, which again has to go back to the policyholders, as long as they get more. So that's the wow. problem. Right. So, and, and, when you, and when you say attorney's fees, well, what could it be? I mean, we've paid out uh, up to $2 million in one case, and it could be even more. And so what happens is they go in front of the judge and say, look, I spent you know, thousands and thousands of hours at five or $600 an hour. 
And then the judge can also double or double and a half the fees. So from 600, it goes to 12 or $1,500 an hour for thousands, tens of thousands of hours that they've allegedly, or thousands of hours they've allegedly worked on this case. And um, if we lose or if we settle it, we have to pay those fees. That's different than most other states that wow. just, you know, if you and I get into an argument, right, and you punch me in the face and I decide to sue you for assault and battery for medical bills, I don't get attorney's fees on top of that. So I'm right. more likely to resolve the file with you because there's no additional amount. Lawyers aren't going to call me and say, hey, let's take this case all over the place. They're not going to do that. But they do it in the property or in the, or in the auto insurance, other types of insurance markets. In they're incentivized to get higher so they don't have to pay the the attorney's fees. Wow. That, that's correct. Who came and up so, with that dumbass rule? I mean, how does that protect the consumer? What was the thought behind that, Stacy? Well, the thought – Obviously, there are insurance companies that don't do the right thing. I mean, I was a plaintiff's lawyer. I was a policyholder lawyer. So when I co-founded this company with an Allstate agent and some other people, you know, our job was to make sure that we did everything right and we did it by the book and we helped our customers. I'm not going to say every insurance company does that. I think most of them try. I really do. Because if you try and you do a good job, you get more customers, you get more word of mouth, you're going to be on top of your, your business. You're going to make more money. And that's, that's the goal in a sense, to be profitable and to serve your customers. So I, I feel like other companies, there are some companies that don't always do the right thing and they should get hit. And so that incentive, it says, hey, even if you only have a $2,000 claim and you can't hire a lawyer to go after the insurance company, the government said, we're going to help you out. The problem is it's gone totally haywire because I think they assumed, you know, you sue somebody and you get, you know, you get the $5,000 for your automobile that they said they didn't want to repair and you get another 5,000 in fees. That would be reasonable. The problem is with 5,000, you might get 300,000 in fees, your lawyer. And so they have a, the, this ability and this desire, as you said, to stretch it out and just get tons of money because the statute provides fees, which is, like I said, unlike other areas of law where you don't get attorney's fees. Says here, the litigation costs are the same as a Cat 3 hurricane hitting Florida every single year. And that, that, is, an un, that is something we can't stop a Category 3. You can't do what Trump says and try to drop a nuclear bomb in the middle of a hurricane, okay? But what, but what you can do is we can stop that. How do we get that to be a Category 2? How do we get that to be a Category 1? You know what I mean? Obviously, none of it. But as you said, there's companies that just don't do the right thing or they justifiably think they are and they're not doing the right thing. Um, I think in America, I do. I think a majority of the times when a claim is trying to be settled, I think a company does it truthfully. Maybe I'm goofy. Maybe I'm gullible. But I, I see claims for the last 22 years. I mean, their auto, their home claims, their business claims, work comp claims. And I mean, I think that, that our companies make a, a very good, valiant effort to do it the correct and right way. Wouldn't you agree, Stacey? I, I do agree. And I wasn't trying to, to say that it's, it's, there's some widespread oh. problem. There's not. But I will oh. say... I will say you, maybe you are, but I'm not, I'm not a contractor. I'm a lawyer and I'm an accredited claims adjuster. So that if, if, if a customer gets their house damaged by a windstorm and a roofer comes out, you know, our adjuster, and we might hire an expert roofer to look and say, hey, tell us what it's going to cost. And they might say, look, it can be repaired. But when the lawyer for the 
policyholder or the policyholder themselves get a roofer. What does that roofer say? Oh, no, we got to take this whole thing off. It's weak over here. And so what happens is it's not just that the an insurance company may or may not want to pay the full amount. We do. We don't want problems. We want to we want to have excellent customer experience, excellent, excellent customer service. We want you to tell your friends about our policy. But there are times that our experts legitimately say this needs to be repaired and not fully replaced. And so we get into that battle, and that's the problem because we're not up against the, our policyholder. We're up against the contractor, the contractor that wants to get a full replacement and make 100000 instead of only making three or 4000 to repair it. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the big issues that we see. So we have multiple things. There's a what we would call a perfect storm in this situation of many, many factors coming together there. So, Stacey, I want to talk about something. I know you loyal listeners probably have this same thought, right? Like – I'm an entrepreneur, man. I mean, I have four or five businesses that, you know, have millions of dollars in revenue uh, combined, not, not one of them. Um, I want to start an insurance company. I think that sounds really cool. I mean, what, how many cocktails you said you were only on the first one, but I mean, had you ever thought about this? I mean, what do you have to do to go start an insurance company? Is it hard? I mean, tell me about that thought process that you and that Allstate agent had. Nothing is easy. But I will be honest, it was more straightforward at the beginning than I thought. Now, again, this was 2005, and we, we started working on it in 2002, and I think the times have changed just a bit. But here's the story in a nutshell. Okay. In, in Florida, my Allstate agent friend said to me, hey, in Florida, there's something called the Joint Underwriting Association. It's like a fair plan or a pool. Most states have pools, so if you can't get homeowner's insurance, you go into this pool. It could be you can't get it because there aren't enough people writing it or you're too close to the coast, whatever the reasons are based on your state, there is yeah. a pool of policies. So at the time, there was a program, and there still is to some extent, where you can go to the state, to that pool, and you take the policies. And they, you choose the policies, right? You can run it through a computer. What are the roof shapes like? Is it a hip or a gable? How far from the coast? How far from a fire hydrant? What are the reinsurance costs? What's the average loss on that type of house in that type of area based on the zip code or the territory? And you put all that together. The government, this pool in Florida, gives you the policies. So when we first started, we took, and again, I'm going to be very approximate because I don't yeah. remember 17, Please. 18 years ago exactly. That's fine. I just but like the, the process and the concept. We went to them. First of all, my friend Clint and I, who was the Allstate agent, we realized that we were kind of street-level guys. And we said, what do we need? So we met, we, my buddy Clint had a friend who was a Harvard MBA uh, and who had another friend who was a Harvard MBA and they were the real business guys and they also were, were more financially um, structured than we were at the time, you know, again, <laughs> spending our money on cocktails. And, uh, and so they got together, they looked at our plan and said, this looks like a great plan, is it true? And once we got through everything and they researched it, we then brought on two guys uh, who, had, who were kind of the gray hairs. Uh, they've mm -hmm. since retired from our company in this past year. But one of them had been the president of Prudential PNC, and one of them had been the the personal lines uh, CFO from Aetna. And so these were like the, quote, gray hairs. I mean, now I got right. the gray hair. But they joined but us. Still lots of wisdom. It's Gosh. So they joined us, and they kind of helped us get this organized. We had two people other than that. So we had eight employees at the beginning. We took – you only needed about $10 million to start an insurance company at the time. Okay. I'm going to say that again, 10 million. There's, there it's are houses, I know, but there are houses in South Florida that are double and triple that, just that amount. Right? I agree. Yeah. So 
So we were able to get that, obviously, back at the time. We went to the state, and we said we picked, I don't know, they had a million or 800,000 policies available. We picked maybe the best 40,000. At the time, the average premium was $1,500 a policy. So 40,000, we ended up getting about $65 million in premium day one. Gotcha. So that's how we did it. We didn't yeah, I, just start selling like you guys do. And that's yeah. a little bit cheating in the sense that you guys, you know, you want a policy, you got to sell it. We went to the state and, and got those policies, but and now had we had the residuals. But you had to take on that risk, right, Stacy? Because there was a reason why those companies were in that plan to, in the first place. So, yes, you were paid, but you took on hella risk here. Yes and no. We took on a risk, but just like your customers, we had a deductible. We had a retention. And then the reinsurance companies took on the rest of the risk. Gotcha. So, so, in other words, let's assume that our risk at that time was $4 million, Okay. The first four million was our risk, and after that, it was reinsurance companies. Gotcha. You know, and as your company grows, you know, right now we have one hundred and fifty million dollars in surplus, a billion dollars in claims paying capacity, and of course, dozens wow. of reinsurers that back us up. So Good for you, Stacy. Good for you. Yeah. So that's how that's how we started, and that's that's where it came from. So it was Thanks. tough, but it wasn't it wasn't as crazy tough as you would think because Florida already had the customers for you just to take. Yeah. And I imagine there's probably a lot of states like that because the state doesn't want those in there, right? They're trying to do everything they can to get them out. Um, so, wow, Stacy, that's great. I appreciate you doing that because I, I don't know that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm pretty good at running agencies, but I wouldn't, you know, there's nowhere that you can just go. Well, I guess I could buy 40,000 clients if I bought another agency, but still, I think there's much more risk in what, what you were Wow. Good for you. Good for you. Anything else you want to add to as we wrap this up? I mean, I think this has been a, a very action-packed, uh, very knowledgeable, red, juicy meat podcast. Anything you want to throw out there? You know, I would just say that it's important for, you know, agents to understand, because I'm sure you have a lot of, and I've listened to your podcast, a lot of agents and salespeople that are really good on your podcast. But from a carrier standpoint, it's really sometimes important for agents to put themselves in the position of the carrier, that we're trying to do what's best for you. Again, you know, we don't sell direct. We're agency owned. We have 2,500 agents in Florida that write for us in some form or another. Um, you know, we started because we wanted to help the customer. We wanted to help the agent. So there is a trying to put yourself in our position so you understand we want to do what's best for our agents and for our customers. Sometimes it's great to get that information from you guys and you gals. Tell us, what do you need? What would help? A direct line to an underwriter? Let's set that up. Uh, a pay-per-app uh, bonus program? Let's talk about that. We want those ideas. So yes. think about it from our perspective. Don't be hesitant to communicate and to contact insurance carriers. Even at the top levels, they will take your call. I talk to agents every week. It's not, oh, I'm the chief legal officer. What am I? What does that mean? I'm nothing. I, I had an office on right on the street outside. You know, you got to get together and you got to do this because we're all in this together. Yes, we really truly do. Stacy, I appreciate it very much. That's why we call this Agents Influence Conversation with Jason Cass. Um, this is the one that most of our carrier and the CEOs, they like this one because it gets them information just like you. So Stacy, I greatly appreciate it. And all you loyal listeners, you know what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Cass. He's Stacy. We're out.